You are now listening to the Peach Pundit Podcast, where we are expressing our own personal opinions. These views may not reflect the opinions of those whom we may be professionally affiliated. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Peach Pundit Podcast. We are the center of the political universe here in Georgia, and we're going to talk about it. I am Scott Turner, joined by my great friend, Buzz Brockway. Buzz, how are you? I'm I'm doing okay, Scott. I, I think I'm getting a cold, but, you know, it's that time of year. I did take a COVID test. I do not have COVID, so just, you know, I, I suppose the common cold does still exist, so I'm, I, it's, found, wow. it's found its way to me, but I'm feeling pretty good. So any of the same quarantine rules apply to you for having COVID-like symptoms, not just that you don't have COVID? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I was in a public place with lots of people, so I did wear a mask, and I thought I would do that for folks. But no, I'm not quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope you feel better soon. If you need to cough, make judicious use of that cough button and save me some <laughs> yep. edits and post. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with the biggest headline of today. Today is the 14th of December, 2022, the year of our Lord. And we are looking at Brad Raffensperger again. Again, Brad Raffensperger wants to be a topic on the Peach Pundit podcast, and why not? He is closer to sure. the sun of the, that is the political universe than anybody else. So Brad Raffensperger's office issued a statement today. <clears throat> In which he said the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger today called on the general Georgia General Assembly to eliminate general election runoffs in the state. Georgia is one of the only states in the country with a general election runoff, said Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. We're also one of the only states that always seems to have a runoff. I'm calling on the General Assembly to visit the topic of the general election runoff and consider reforms. And his one of his spokesmen, who used to be a Peach Punter blogger over here, <clears throat> said, we don't care how you change it, just change it <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> what do you make of that, Buzz? Is, is that a, a definitive statement on any an endorsement of any one policy over another, or is it kind of generic? I, I think it's kind of generic. And I, I actually took his first statement as kind of generic, you know, that he issued a couple of days ago where he said he was going to introduce three bills, you know, one of them seemed independent of all of this stuff, and that was there needs to be more early voting places in, in various counties. And uh, and then he was going to introduce two bills, one to, as you mentioned, you know, make make the threshold to win 45%. I'm, I'm not a fan of that for, for a variety of reasons. I, I just have always kind of thought that, you know, the, the winner should get 50% plus one of whoever shows up. And, and then, of course, you know, his other bill he said he would would seek to have introduced would have instant runoff voting in it, which I really am a fan of, and I know you are too, Scott. So, but yeah, so I think I mean that was that's not even that it's not really an endorsement of one policy or another. It's just here's a couple of options. The, nobody seems to like the runoff, so let's consider a couple different paths and see what the will of the legislature and what the will of the people is. Right. I, so I think the reason why they had to issue this statement was because Brad Raffensperger had just in the last few days, really over the weekend, had made national headlines in mm -hmm. New York Times, in CNN. He'd gone on CNN and live had said, I would like to see one of three 
things done. I'd like to see either they go away altogether and we just elect somebody with a plurality or we get to 45% before you kick in for a runoff or we adopt instant runoffs or which is largely known as ranked choice voting, but instant runoffs more accurately describe how it would be applied in Georgia because it's just a tweak of our existing runoff system. And, and so I see it as a walk back from his statements over mm-hmm. the weekend. And I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that he probably fully thought out the ramifications of what he was saying mm-hmm. over the weekend. I think he has, he, you know, I, I know I've talked to him about it. I've told him why I thought it was a good idea for instant runoffs. I am with you. I don't think 45% or plurality specifically, I don't think plurality is a good idea. Because in a plurality, you could have four or five people in a race. Yeah. We're not necessarily talking about a general election and at the top of the ticket, right? We're, we're still probably only going to have three people at the top of the ticket. But in our local races, like a municipality where mm-hmm. you that are nonpartisan, you don't have the benefit of knowing if somebody has an R or a D next to their name. And you have five people running for mayor of a city then right. the person with 30% of the vote wins. And is that really yeah. reflective of the will of the people, right? So a plurality is the worst yeah. of these options. Let's just take, take that off the table. Yeah. Plurality is is not something that we should be entertaining for any election. And, and that's a general election. There are no primaries in municipal elections. So I think he, he, he probably got a little ahead of some of the work that we are doing in the advocacy space and kind of went out on his own, right? Because the the way we've been advocating for this is baby steps, and he just went for the full carrot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and then he had to sure, walk it I back, mean, fresh, saying, eh. right? I mean, it's fresh in What's everybody's that? mind, right? And then nobody seemed right. Yeah, you know, we went from the, the what the nine weeks down to four weeks, and uh, you know, it seemed like four was. I mean, four is preferable to nine, in my opinion. I know in a minute we'll talk about somebody who disagrees with that. But if four is preferable to nine, but of course, then the whole controversy over, you know, if, if, well, I suppose you're setting it up where if you're going to have a four week runoff in Georgia in a general election, it's always going to be over Thanksgiving. You're always going to have that that situation where it's over the Thanksgiving holidays and nobody wants that. And so, right, you know, I, I think that's why Brad is saying all this, that's my speculation, is that it's fresh in everybody's mind. Nobody really likes it. This was a particularly nasty race. There were hardly any positive ads in this race. And really two people in, you know, I'm sure you, you know, the the race was very close, even in the runoff. You know, Warnock pulled away a little bit, but it wasn't exactly a slam dunk because I, I think a lot of Georgians didn't weren't really sold on either one of these guys. And so there's just a yucky feeling in everybody's minds and mouth about this whole race. And it's, you know, a good, I think a good political move for Brad. Maybe, you know, maybe he should have issued this statement first as opposed to, you know, tossing out some specific solutions. But, you know, th- these are the ones that were going to be on the table anyway. So I don't, I really don't, I, you know, I know some folks who are forward and against it or, or upset. You know, we got, we got, I got the email from, the Alabama cheerleader who was, you know, this is a Democratic plot to make sure that Republicans never win another election. You know, Sarah Palin's out there 
saying that ranked choice voting was why she lost. And, you know, it's all well poppycock. The reason but Sarah Palin lost in Alaska is because Sarah Palin was a crappy candidate. Yeah, she she's widely disliked up there, even by Republicans, yeah. which is proven out by the fact that her other Republican opponent, more about half of the, of his voters went to vote for the Democrat. Yeah. As opposed to her. That's pretty telling. Right. They would they would like right. a Republican, just not her. <clears throat> so. Mm-hmm. And it's important to differentiate what's happening in Alaska. So we're going to hear a lot about Alaska during this debate going into mm-hmm. 20. 23 in that legislative session and Alaska is going to be used demagogue because of the Sarah Palin result. But the important, the most important thing to realize about Alaska is their system forces Republicans to to run against Republicans in a general election with a Democrat on the ballot. And that's nothing like what is being proposed here. So you cannot compare, you cannot fairly compare Georgia and Alaska in use use of runoffs. Yeah. I mean, Alaska is probably, I mean, I don't know how many, well, maybe, you know, Scott, how many, California has what they call a top two. So you could have two final four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Final four. Yeah. Is that what it is in Alaska? Yeah. So it is final. Yeah. You could have four Republicans or four Democrats or any iteration in between. Yeah. And so uh, they don't have party primaries in Alaska. Right. (laughs) Right. They don't have instant runoffs can be used in a primary, but they don't even have primaries Mm -hmm. there. They have they have a jungle primary where everybody runs together, libertarians, Democrats, Republicans, and the top four vote getters advance to the general election. And and only then and only then do the voters get to rank what order they like these people in. And and that's the only time they use ranked choice voting. But by then you have Republicans voting against running against Republicans in a yeah. general election. And we're not, we're not talking about that. Right. Right. The reality is that that's the real problem with Alaska. But even then buzz, how mm-hmm. many things did the, did the Republicans lose in Alaska outside of Sarah Palin's congressional race? I mean, I, I suppose, Trump, yeah, Trump, Trump supporters are upset that Lisa Murkowski won against a, a a fellow Republican challenger who who had a lot of support and almost you know was very very close. But that's Republican on that's you know two Republicans run against. When, no matter what you think of Murkowski, she's still a Republican and she she caucuses with the Republicans and she has an R behind her name. And yeah, and I think Lisa Murkowski also. I mean, she she she. If I recall correctly, she lost a primary, and because Alaska law allowed her to then run as a write-in candidate, which she did and won. So I mean, one is Lisa a write-in. Yes. She's a survivor, and so I, I, you can't really draw any conclusions about the method of election on based on what happens to Lisa Murkowski because that, that lady's been around a right. long time, and I mean, she's survived all kind of stuff. So. <laughs> And the Murkowski family name in Alaska apparently means a lot. I don't. Yeah. I'm not extraordinarily familiar with politics in Alaska. I I have talked to enough people up there to know that Sarah Palin's not popular. Yeah. With the average Alaskan, but Lisa Murkowski is. But Republicans won everything there except yeah. for Sailor Sarah Palin's race. Every right. statewide office is a Republican. Both yes. chambers of the legislature. <laughs> are Republican. The Speaker of the House, 
will be a Republican. They want everything. So the yeah. idea that that ranked choice voting costs Republicans elections is demonstrably false. If you go right. and tell anybody, if you're listening to this and you, you, you disagree with me, I'm telling you right now, if you go and tell people that Republicans can't win using ranked choice voting, even with a system like they have in Alaska, they absolutely can and have. They have and they will and they can. Yeah. You have to have quality candidates with any race. We've proven that here with our current system, you can't nominate somebody with a whole bunch of baggage, even if they're a celebrity, and expect them to win. They have to bring something to the table to appeal to the yeah. voters. And yeah, that's the same right. way I mean, we may, under we might, instant runoffs. Right. So we might be it's, – it's, we have a sample size of one when we're talking about Sarah Palin, but it might be true about ranked choice voting. And I, w I would kind of think most voters would think this was a feature What would be true of – That <laughs> what that, would be that a candidate with sky high negatives has a tough time in the ranked choice voting system. That may be true. Well, I think, I think we it's true of any election have a system. Size of one, right? <laughs> right. Well, I think it's true. I don't think I don't think you can make a claim that candidates with sky high negatives are going to have an easy time anywhere under yeah. using any system. I, but I mean, but I, mean, I just... think, yeah. Let's think about that for a minute because you know. There are things that happen, like Marjorie Taylor Greene wins in that district in North Georgia. Kima Williams wins in her district in Atlanta. They represent the views of their district. They would; Those two candidates would probably struggle statewide. So right. I, th I think, you know, Sarah Palin might have been able to you know, win in a smaller area, even with sky-high right. negatives. So well, her, her congressional seat in Alaska is a statewide seat. They only have yeah. one member of Congress. Two U.S. senators right. and one member of Congress, like Wyoming, similar. You know, it's yeah. based on population, how many con congressional representatives you get. And that right. means it was a statewide race and she lost. But so it's that's, that's it's and that's an, this is an important it's yeah. an important difference because CPAC really started attacking Brad Raffensperger immediately after his statements to the media over the weekend. And I'm going to read this thing in its entirety. Go for Why it. Why not? Right, Buzz? All right. So. CPAC released the following statement on Georgia Secretary of State Raffenberger's attempt to implement the failed ranked choice voting system. I don't think it's failed anywhere it's been tried, but okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> I'll try not to interject commentary right off as we go. Might I be can't hard. promise anything. It might be hard. Georgia's legislature, legislature enhanced their election laws to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. As a result, all elections this cycle saw high turnout for both parties. In his vain attempt to garner attention from the media and the socialist left, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger is looking to disenfranchise voters by making it harder and more confusing to vote by seeking to change the Georgia voting system to ranked choice voting RCV. Quote, replacing a proven and effective voting system for no good reason other than to wield power over the people is, is disingenuous and wrong. Ranked choice voting is wrought with issues. RCV is confusing to the average voter, which leads to less voter participation, especially in off-year or non-marquee races. RCV is a much more arduous process to tabulate, delaying the final results for days and even weeks. When all legal votes are counted, and each voter is given one choice and one vote. Our system works. 
Money Quote. Coming up, Secretary Raffensperger is looking to take the place of former Congresswoman Liz Cheney as the Republican darling of the left. Jeff Duncan could not be reached for comment. He should instead do his job by seeking ways to increase voter turnout, not suppress the vote by implementing an onerous process that only hurts the people he was elected to serve. CPAC calls on Governor Brian Kemp and the Georgia legislature to reject Secretary Raffensperger's attempt to upend Georgia's successful election reforms by implementing the failed ranked choice voting system. Buzz, I have a question first, and then I'm going to ask for your reaction. (laughs) Are you a socialist? No. I am not. Are you are you bought and paid for by the? Are you bought and paid for by the left, Buzz? No, I am not. Buzz, those checks did not arrive though. Does CPAC know that you're so squishy? (laughs) Well, I mean, now that you know, I've been called. I've been called. I normally call a socialist. I've been called a communist. I used to have a guy who emailed me all the time when I was in the legislature who would ask me if I was a communist or just an idiot. The, uh, the reason why I feel like this is in, important to mention is because Buzz and I are both multiple times award winners from the yeah. American Conservative Union for awards like this conservative achievement. Buzz got the top tier. He got a perfect score. Two, two years in a row. American Cons- yeah. Two years, which is a record, by the way. Nobody's gotten a, a perfect score from them two years in a row, yeah. except Buzz Brockway, who supports ranked choice voting or instant runoff voting, and now CPAC. <laughs> Would throw us to the wolves, man. They would throw us. You and I were the champions of conservatism for so long, and now we're we're just socialists, according to CPAC. Yeah, we we've How skipped ridiculous. past rhino stage and right yeah. to socialist. Right to yeah. socialist. Right. Let me tell you something. <laughs> All right, you give give me your reaction to what they said first, because I've talked a lot. So go ahead. Yeah, I think it's you know. <laughs> It's like so much political language that we hear today. It's hyperbolic. It's way over the top. It's it's meant to get clicks and whatnot, and it didn't really address the substance of any of that. They they call ranked choice voting failed, a failed system, but didn't really explain why why they think that or or so. Yeah, I mean, I I yeah, you, I, I read over it when you sent it, and I was like, meh, <laughs> not you know. Not very convincing because there's no argument right. in there. It's just uh, it's failed. They and, and they do link plot. in the they do link in there. There's some links in the. You could go Google this if you want to, but there's some links to like the the FGA's website where they just have a bunch of erroneous cherry picked so examples. FGA is the F- Foundation for Government Accountability, right? right. Who I have also been yeah. aligned with. Not only have I been aligned with yeah. F- the American Conservative Union and CPAC. But I've also been aligned with FGA on many issues, specifically mm-hmm. around Obamacare throughout the years. They've been a great yeah. resource to me. But on this, they just it's have a, a bunch research. of garbage on their website. I mean, their their research on this is it's horrible. It's just wrong. It's it's demonstrably yeah. false. But the first thing that jumps out of out at me is this underlying quote. This is this is replacing a proven and effective voting system for no good reason other than to wield power over the people. Now in the email to legislators, they don't, it's worded a little bit differently. Mm. It says replacing our proven and effective voting system for no good reason. And it's not theirs, right? Matt Schlapp and CPAC, those people don't live in Georgia. They're not from (laughs) around here, as they like to say. 
Yeah. You know, and and to them, I would say you and the horse you rode in on, if you're going to come in here and a bunch of lies and try to sell a bunch of garbage, because our our voting system is not effective and it's broken. We are we are subjected to an extraordinarily long election season. Our election season starts in January of one year and it ends right before Christmas. Yeah. That's how long our, our election system – we don't get any time off. And, and because the, of our runoff system, we have to start our elections so freaking early in the year, and they get stretched out yeah. until they just ended. Right. And, it's, and yeah. then campaigns have to really legitimately start by January. If they haven't started by January, they're behind the eight ball. They're, they're behind everybody else who's yep. already in the race. So you are yep. running for a two-year spot for over a year. Yeah. And it is it's it, the amount of resources and money. Now, the big thing is that our local governments pay for our elections. That's seventy five million dollars, according to Kennesaw State University in their recent study on the cost of, of runoffs in Georgia. Seventy five million dollars from our local governments. That's out of your local sheriff's department budget. That's out of your school crossing guard budget. That's out of your filling your pothole budget. When you when you go and you're wondering why this road hasn't been striped at night and it's raining, the reason probably was because we have to have a runoff where we have to get 50% plus one so that we can claim a majoritarian winner. But it's not just that problem of the cost. We don't get people to come back to the polls. Almost 500,000 people yeah. didn't come back to vote for Warnock or Walker this time, Buzz. The number was almost 500,000. It was 369,000 yeah. in the Leffler race when Leffler lost. And it went up to 500,000 when Warnock beat Walker. Yeah. So we are not electing a majority by majority. We're electing by plurality, and we're paying $75 million for the privilege. Yeah. Now, These Scott, people need to pull their heads out of their butts, Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, I think, you know, for some reason— and I'm going to posit a theory why, but for some reason the the right is is rejecting ranked choice voting. Elements of the right, obviously, you, know, you and I are on the right, and there's many others who are on the right who support it. But some of the thought leaders on the right are rejecting this. I know our, our pal Eric Erickson is not a fan, and I, I kind of think and it's won't because... talk to me about it. He won't talk to me about it. Well, I've offered hope... Eric opportunities to talk to me about it. He will not talk to me about it. Hopefully, hopefully that will change, but. Because I mean, we we know Eric's Eric's a fair-minded guy, but anyway, and I think it's kind of because you know, the, up to now, the the loca- the places that use it are are cities that are generally run by Democrats, and so they kind of think, oh, this is you know, this this is something that benefits Democrats, and of course, that's what CPAC was saying and all these others. But you know, to, the counter narrative to that is that Australia, the entire nation of Australia has used what they call it preferential voting, which functions pretty much the same as ranked choice voting. And they've used it for decades and decades. They've had conservative leaders. They've had liberal leaders. It, it has not it has not steered the country to the left at all. Right. It is, you know, it, it, it's it's just a different way of, of, of apportioning votes and deciding who the winner is. So I think uh, you know, there'll, there'll be an adjustment period, you know, like we talked about before, I think, you know, Candidates who are on the margin, who are on the extremes, will have a tougher time in a pref- in a ranked choice voting sy- system. 
but I got to think, Scott, that most Americans will like that. <laughs> they don't want fringe candidates to win. And we saw that in this last election where kind of fringe Republicans who Donald Trump pushed to the front of the ballot and, and caused them and helped them win the nomination lost all across the country. And the Republican Party is paying a price for that. So, it, yeah, it's, it's it's foolish for Republicans to reject this outright. And, uh, you know, if 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 well, we want to you know do what you've been talking about, Scott, and kind of take steps to get there, I think that's wise and get the get the people of Georgia used to how it works and understanding it. Right. It is an adjustment, but I don't think it's as big as adjustment as as you know opponents think because voters many 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 voters do pay attention they do look and compare candidates and say do i like this person or that person or you know they they do their homework many many voters do that and i think this will in- increase the number of voters to do that and we'll all be better off for it well you mentioned australia as a counterpoint and i will point to utah a red mm-hmm. state that has adopted this for cities. Municipalities can opt into using instant runoffs in their cities. It saves their local government tons of money. It saves them tons of time. One of the other criticisms from CPAC is that it takes weeks for us to count the ballots. That's not true. It, it counts. It takes weeks in Alaska to count ballots because they right. wait a week before they start counting because sometimes the mail doesn't run for a week. In Alaska, yeah. if you're in a it, remote area, it took a long area, time in New York City too, right? It took a long time in New York right. City, but that's well, it took a long New time York in City, New York right? City because it took a long time in New York because New York's New York, and yeah. they're not exactly the most competent at doing things like counting. So right. that's not, and they they also wait until a week after before they start counting ballots. Whereas in Georgia, we start counting ballots a week early. Yeah. So. But here's the kicker. In New York, even though they had all those mistakes and human errors up there that had nothing to do with the actual system, they still got their results for their mayor's race faster than we knew who our U.S. senator would be after election yeah. day. <laughs> yep. So so this idea that that it causes delay and it takes weeks to find – are you counting the days it takes us to run a runoff? We're talking a full month <laughs> and then a, another week before it's certified. So. Right. If I'm comparing learning with a week later using our existing voting machine, we don't have to put a, an extra penny into the, the equipment. Right. If I'm I'm fine, I'm waiting a week to run different results as opposed to waiting a full month yep. with our current system. If if time is of the essence, yep. our current system is is deficient. Yep. So this Agreed. this for no good reason and a, an effective voting system. And not to mention, if you're a Republican right now, the number is three. The number is three. If you're a Republican right now, you have lost three straight U.S. Senate runoffs. Congratulations mm-hmm. for lauding a very effective way to lose. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. If you're going to lose anyway, if the argument's purely political, you're going to lose anyway. Because <laughs> the leader of our party last time around said, don't go vote right. in these runoffs. It's all rigged. And a lot of people believed him. Not everybody, but a lot of people did. Enough to cause us to lose three, three straight U.S. Senate races. So don't give me this garbage that our current system somehow protects Republicans. It doesn't. And that's not the reason why I'm for it. I'm not trying to change the outcome. I'm trying to make elections easier and more representative yep. and cheaper. And 
and that's those are all conservative values, by the way, CPAC, if you're listening. Those are conservative values, maximizing, <laughs> making it easier and saving the taxpayer money. And 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 society will be better off if we can shorten our election system just a yep. little bit, man, just a little. So but you know who doesn't want to shorten election season? Buzz? <laughs> Do you know who? Representative yeah. Jasmine Clark. Yeah. Representative Jasmine, Jasmine Clark, why do you hate us, Jasmine? <laughs> Representative Clark, I'm sorry. I shouldn't call you by your first name. Representative <laughs> Clark, why do you hate me? Why do you hate all of us? What did, I, what did we ever do to you to make you want to make the election season last even longer? Buzz, she has filed a piece of legislation, pre-filed piece of legislation, or she plans to introduce legislation. She hasn't pre-filed yet. Right. To take the runoff from four to six weeks. Do you own a gun, Buzz? Because <laughs> I'm not asking, I'm not advocating for violence against, against Jasmine no. Clark. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking Buzz to shoot me. Will you please shoot me if this becomes law? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, it's, Thank it, you it's for interesting saying, yeah. though. She, she does say she would, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get the sense reading the article that you sent us that, and this was in you know, WALB News down in, in Albany. At the end, she, you know, the end of this article, she says that she's hoping to also introduce a bill that would form a working group to study the potential of ranked, a ranked ballot system. So she's a potential ally here, Scott. But you know, this, I, this is I, a temporary I, solution. And I, I suppose what she's trying to do is a temporary solution until we can get ranked choice voting. But why not just get ranked choice voting? Study committees are where good ideas go to die. Right. So I don't want a study committee. Just, I want I want a it. bill. So here's it. here's the all right. So here's her justification it is that the, the compressed schedule from this year. I mean, we're going to give her part of the side of the story here. Right. Yeah. The compressed schedule, I think we'll be talking with the General Assembly about what we can do to further improve the process. We understand – oh, that was Raffensperger's quote. Sorry. Because yeah. we had such a compressed timelines, the lines for early voting were ridiculous. Nobody should have to stand in line for two hours. That's not a victory story, even if it does break a record, said said Representative Clark. So here's the here's the problem with that, and, and it is because people are doing early voting more than they used mm-hmm. to. What mm-hmm. they really the, the the solution is to have more voting machines and larger polling places and more staff for these early voting locations. And when I have I, another solution, but go ahead. Yeah. So and more polling places, right? Mm-hmm. The the reality though is on election day, it took me three and a half minutes to go to my polling place. There are forty two polling places on election day in Cherokee County. And I went to my assigned polling place. I walked in. I showed my ID. I stood in line for about three and a half minutes. I showed my ID, walked over, cast my ballot, and walked out. Less than 15 minutes total because I had to talk to some people on my way out the door. (laughs) I mean, that was just because people stopped to say hello, and I saw my next-door neighbors and blah, blah, blah. I was back in my car within 15 minutes of stepping foot out of the place. Yeah. And that's the the day to go vote, right? I mean, that's that's the answer is you don't have to wait in line if you – go vote in person on election day. But if you want to go early, the government should be doing things to make it easier. What are your thoughts there? What are your suggestions? No, I, you know, I agree. This this year I, I waited for election day because I saw the, you know, the number of people voting early. And yeah, but, it, but it's also, it's a simpler system on election day. If you think about it, 
when you because the law right now considers advanced voting to advanced in-person voting, I guess the technical term for it, to be a form of absentee voting. So you have to fill out, you know, they have to hand you a little clipboard and you have to fill it out, you know, saying who you are and, and why you're, you know, and why you're doing this. Eliminate that. Just consider it all this, treat it with the same process that you do on election day, which is just walk up, produce your ID. They have a little scanner that scans it and pulls it up and they confirm the information and you sign and off you go. It's a much faster process. So I think there's a step there they can eliminate, which would that paperwork thing, that paperwork step that takes place during early voting would eliminate that would really speed up the process. But of course, as you said, Scott, more machines, more early voting places. Those are the, those, those would help a lot too. And, and I think, look, Republicans need to embrace this because it is becoming very popular. It's becoming very popular in Republican areas, just like it is Democratic areas, you know, cries of of how this is fraudulent and whatnot. It's just none of the, the facts are not bearing that out. It's just it's changing when people vote. The turnout, you know, I, I think the the myth that Republicans can't win during high turnout has been blown apart already. And the myth that right. long that three weeks of early voting causes Republicans to lose that has no substance to it as well. And Republicans need to change the way they campaign and stop trashing this form of voting that people really like and embrace it and start campaigning to it and getting their people out there, too. Right. Right. The campaigns matter. Campaign effectiveness and competency matter. Well, while I would welcome Representative Clark to the instant runoff support group. I, I'm going to have to take a pass on this whole. Let's extend. <laughs> let's, let's extend the runoff period to six weeks. I mean, that would mean that election day would have been what would be this coming Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a week before right Christmas. Yeah, I mean uh, the the week the uh, week of Christmas, right? Oh, we, we got, yeah. We got you the can map, keep so that noise. December six. So you had fourteen. Would be December twenty. Yeah. The week of Christmas. It's a crazy idea. Yeah, I think you'd have low turn. You'd have really low turnout. I think. But it is a crazy. Glad, she, idea. glad she's open minded on a ranked choice. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Representative Clark. I know you don't listen to the Peach <laughs> Pundit podcast, but if you do, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting at least part of a sane proposal. The rest of that's crazy. But you know what else is crazy? Some of the stuff we're learning about the text messages between Rick Allen, Congressman Rick Allen, from Georgia. And Mark Meadows mm -hmm. from the 2020 election ramping up to the January 6th events. Buzz, have you heard about this? Yeah, I I, I saw so, the other day that his you know some of his text messages had surfaced, and then I see here it's a left wing website that you sent us, Scott. Talking points memo, but I sure. mean the texts are the text. But I mean it's you the can't actual argue. texts. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm not making this I, up. I sent you the talking points memo because. It actually yeah. has screenshots of the text. So I didn't read the article. I just read the text messages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't care what Talking Points Memo reporters, what spin they put on it. I wanted yeah. to see the text messages myself, and that's why I sent that particular site. In it, Rick Allen, Congressman Rick Allen sends a series of text messages to Mark Meadows telling him he has a confidential source who's well-placed that he trusts and believes emphatically and that he can definitively prove fraud in Georgia. Mm -hmm. 
And apparently this guy was some sort of, there was a Romanian YouTube video that was made that, that Rick Allen links to, and he actually puts timestamps in a text message to Mark Meadows who says that there were, there was Romanian illegal activity at 3.40 in the video, 50 million stolen U.S. identities at 7 minutes and 37 seconds in the video, used by thieves for online shopping loans and election fraud at 8 minutes and 24 <laughs> seconds in the video, produced duplicate copies of driver's license to commit election fraud, allowed mail-in voting from home, emailed passwords and all the data from your phone or laptop, and they used these data in the election process without you realizing it. They were planning this since 2009 and 100,000 Ukrainian illegally in the USA and mules to blackmail 1 million citizens to vote. Defrauding 50 million citizens of over 100 billion passed in the past 11 years and received a second set of data and then consequences of Trump's reelection. This was that was I actually just read that verbatim from one of the text messages from Rick Allen to Mark Meadows. What do you make of it? Well, I mean, I think. Rick got caught up like so many others, Congressman Allen, rather, sorry, got caught up in like so many others. I mean, Jody Heiss was right there, too, with all sorts of this kind of stuff. And, you know, but I mean, the Romanian angle is new one to me. I I thought I'd heard it all. I didn't I didn't I knew the I knew the Chinese were involved and the Italians, Maria Strola, Zach, you know, introduced the world to the to the Italians who supposedly had hard drives in prison in Italy and you know Hugo Chavez was involved he wrote the source code and all kind of stuff so I mean the Romanian angle is a whole new one so it seems like every country in the the world eventually is going to be drug into this and it's all bunk and it's been been proven to be bunk and you know so here's if I could play Devil's advocate on behalf of Congressman Rick Allen for just a minute, okay? Because I was heavily involved in a lot of this stuff as a member of the House Governmental Affairs mm-hmm. Committee. And you, you get bombarded with information from all over the place. Yeah. And it is it, it was at the time, at the time, and I'm not making excuses, but maybe I am making excuses. And I don't think, mm-hmm. well, I'm not making it. It is an excuse. You, it was hard to tell what was true and what wasn't. There were right. so many accusations being thrown. Now, some of them were wild-eyed, like Venezuelan, blah blah blah, right? right? And like some of that stuff was just ridiculous on its face. But some of it required you to take some steps to determine for yourself whether yeah. or not it was true. Some of yeah. the information around people who had changed their address and weren't. You know, were they still legally allowed to vote? But that's like the big thing that stands out in my mind is a question mark to this day. There there are things there were so much at thrown at us, the suitcase full of ballots. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that seemed fishy at first when you watch a five second clip right. of somebody pulling a, something that looks like a suitcase out from under a table until you do the research and you realize that's what ballot boxes look like. And yeah. where else would you store them? when you're counting ballots, but in the same room where you're counting the ballots. Yeah. So things like that, you know, when you, you initially, you have this initial like, Oh my gosh, is that really happening? Well, let me go find out. And in the process of finding out, you talk to people and you may or may not believe it. You're, you may have some level of skepticism, but in your role as a congressman, you have to investigate it. Don't you? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's right. 
And I think, you know, in some of this stuff, I haven't seen the, the, the article links to the video that the congressman was referencing. I haven't seen it. But, you know, you think about the 2000 Mules documentary that, that came out, very slickly produced, very laid out. You know, when you when I first watched that, your first thought is, oh, man, you might have something here. Then it starts to fall apart upon examination, right? <laughs> bit by bit, it, it collapses. And I suspect, and and you know, you think back to that time. You have the election. A week later, it's certified. Couple, you know, in the presidential elections, a very compact time schedule, and then the de- the the uh, electoral people come and vote, and then it's that's packaged up and sent up to Congress. And you don't have a lot of time to research these things. And you you see this, you know, this this thing as you mentioned, Scott, that on a surface, think, wow, that's 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 troublesome. And you start passing it on to other people, and you know, you, in this in this case, it got into the hands of a congressman who passed it on to the uh, chief of staff of the president of the United States. Who, <laughs> look, you know, it doesn't if, seem if like Rick Allen was still with it, but yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: is if if Rick Allen was out there today, if Congressman Allen was out there today saying Romanians were involved in the stolen election of 2020, I right. would give this story a lot more weight. He's not yeah. out there saying that, right? No, so, no he's at, not. at a certain point. He realized I don't know that he ever I don't know that he ever addressed this in public at all. Not, not that I recall. Right. Right. So he wasn't a source of misinformation. This we got these text messages because they were in a log of text messages received by Meadows that had been subpoenaed. So yeah. that's the only reason why we're seeing it and while we're talking about them. It wasn't like he rocked the public opinion with his stance. Now right. there was one troubling text in there where I would take him to task on. And that is one that he sent. He forwarded this on to Mark Meadows to show Mark he had been in contact with Brad Raffensperger. And the text message said this. Brad, just called you. My constituents in Columbia County are furious. Scanners are down in a, in a at minimum of three locations. People are waiting in line to vote but are going to have to leave and go to work. This is voter suppression in a Republican stronghold, and I'm holding you responsible. Dominion has to go. I've had it with this incompetence, exclamation point. Rick. Yeah. This this text message is troubling for a couple of reasons, because as a congressman, you should understand how elections work. The secretary of state, it cannot control every scanner and whether they work. The, the local counties are responsible for that. Secondly, scanners not working in a precinct is not a reason for a bottleneck because if the scanner's not working, you just drop it in the in the locked box and it gets scanned later. Right. So that's not really a problem. If there was a long line, there was something else going on with the administration of that election in those polling places, which is a local election issue, not a secretary of state issue. People get this mixed up all the time. The Secretary of State's not responsible for running election. He doesn't have the budget to do it. That's a local budget and locally administered function of government. Your counties do that, not the right. Secretary of State. And yeah. while the Secretary of State did select Dominion as the as the vendor of choice here, I will point out that it was one of two choices. And the other was EHSNS, ESNS which was Diebold, which the conspiracy theorists had already railed against Diebold. So the, right. the secretary was in a rock and a hard place. He had one of two vendors to pick from. So he, he yeah. had Dominion. And that's who we have. And 
because of the work of certain legislators who you might be hearing their voice speak at this very moment, advocating for rank for uh, for risk limiting audits. Yeah, but Buzz and I both were big on that. Yep, we have a way of making sure the machines are actually doing their job. So, but that's the only thing. All the rest of the stuff, I you know, I I gave him a pass on. The, yeah, and, because and look, in fairness, if you know, the article does point out that Meadows heard back from Brad, I mean, excuse me, Congressman Allen heard back from Raffensperger that they were already working on the problem with the machines in Columbia County. Everybody, people were given ballots, as you mentioned, Scott, and the, the problems were resolved and the machines were back online by 10 a.m. And and Meadow, Allen did pass that information on to, on to Meadows. So, you know, right. it, it, it's, he, he's, he's responding, he's getting a call from constituents who are, who are upset. Scanners aren't working. He, checked on it and you know i don't know why i don't i really don't know why that's in the i, I imagine <laughs> i imagine well, I, I know why you know, among state representatives and senators and congressmen you get a lot of these kind of things i know i i sure did people were texting me this and this happened and that happened during election day and i would well you're you know, check, you check with my local election the, officials so <laughs> you used the example of the mules movie a moment ago and one of the famous examples of things that fall apart under examination is they, they have video of an African-American man with five ballots put dropping them into a ballot box, into a yeah. drop box, and they say, this, this was a mule. And yeah. when you went – when you, they went and found that guy, they, they investigated him. Yeah. And they found him. And he has five adult children living at home. <laughs> yeah. Well, five adults in his home. They're all he has three children and him and his wife and the five of them cast ballots legally and he took them yeah. as the law allows a, a family member to carry your ballot to a drop box. Right. So right. it you was completely code, legal. Right? You look in the you look in the code and it gives you a long list of people that you can you can deliver an absentee ballot for. Right. <laughs> you can do that. Right. It's legal. Right. And it was legal at the time. So yep. that's an example of that. But I'm having a hard time even segueing into our next topic, Buzz, because of <laughs> you're just going to have to take because the plunge, Scott. Marjorie Taylor Greene was the uh, was one of the featured speakers for the New York Young Republicans. Can you explain to me first before we even get into this? <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene has has been a firebrand in a lot of ways. She she's spoken in front of white supremacists, white nationalists, yep. Nick, Nick Fuentes group. Or, yep. Nick Fuentes group. He, she called that a, a mission, right? A, a missionary ac activity. She, she said she was trying to minister to them lost youths afterwards saying that she didn't even know, she didn't even know that they were a bunch of racists, right? She just had a group of <laughs> men that she wanted to go talk in front of. Why does she keep getting invited as the keynote speaker to anything? Yeah. Before I even go into the story, why? Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a good question. But somebody, somebody either, you know, two possibilities: either they liked that, they were hoping for headlines, they knew it would draw a crowd, and they're trying to raise money, or they're just completely ignorant and said, "Oh, here's this congresswoman who's willing to come up and talk to us." And so come on up. I suspect the former. <laughs> so she's. She's got a microphone. She, it's a gala for the Young Republicans of New York. And she's walking across the stage, and this is her quote. Quote, then January 6th happens. And the next thing you know, 
I organized the whole thing with Steve Bannon here. And I got to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I and I had organized that, we would have won. Not to mention, it would have been armed. Yeah, see? That's the whole joke, isn't it? <laughs> I watched the video, right? And it, it, it was kind of a, I don't know, I judged it to be a mixed reaction from the crowd. It wasn't, got it some wasn't a standing O. It was, there were some gasps. No. <laughs> there were some gasps. There were some cheers. There yep. were some gasps. I've always been told that New York Republicans don't like Georgia-style Republicans. So I, that's curious why she was up there in the first place. Yeah. You know, did they think she would raise a bunch of money? You know, like, I, There was an organization here in Georgia. I was going to go to their fundraiser. She was a headliner, and I said, mm, I'll catch the next one maybe. You know? Good move. I, I'm, <laughs> not, out I'm not one. going to – I'm not going to go voluntarily listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Look, this is if you're outside of Georgia and you listen to this podcast, I want you to know something. <laughs> we are so much more as a people yes. in this state than what Marjorie Taylor Greene is, right? Indeed. Yes. So if you if you are listening to us, I know we have a couple people in Ohio, some people in California, we got some people around the country who listen to us, some people in Alaska and Wyoming. We have some people in D.C. If you're listening to this podcast, just know, and I mean this with all the sincerity I can muster, as a people in Georgia, we are so much more than this lady. Hey, we are so can, much more. You can invite me and Scott. We'll come. We'll come. You pay for right. a nice hotel and fly us out there. We'll come and talk. We'll come talk to the young Republicans in New York. In New York. Uh, May not make the headlines. We'll probably have a better made, time. But, well, yeah. Well, I mean, look, are you? Uh, this is the question I'd ask. Are you saying it would have been a good thing for them to be be armed? <laughs> I mean, it it only failed because you didn't organize it. Yeah. But I do seem to remember it's, you you did kind of attend some meetings at the White House where you were organizing right. something. I don't know yeah. if it was this. I'll give you benefit of the doubt on that. You came out and you said I was here to organize something about how we're going to handle things on the 6th. And uh, I'll leave it at that. The reality, though, is good gravy. I'm tired of talking about these ladies. I, <laughs> I, don't, Scott, I don't want to talk about her. Listen, that's not all she said at that meeting, right? And I... I oh, you're going you know, here. At the risk of getting myself, you know, you know, increasing my infamy by saying certain words, I'm just going to say that she, she, she also claimed in this speech, I, I did see the video of this on Twitter, at this same meeting, that you can go to Target and CVS and obtain certain adult items that aid in the pleasure of a certain adult activities. And uh, that, that's about as, oh my as God. good as I can I don't even it. know what you just said. I don't even know what you just said. I mean, what did you just say? I don't even I'm not, know. I'm like, not going to like. I'm not going to say those Buzz words. Scott. To say? I'm not going to say those words. Okay. <laughs> what what can, she said can, was, "Y'all can Google it if you what, want." I'm, I'm, uh, I, yeah. Well, Buzz <laughs> learned his lesson when he Twitter searched Stacey Abrams and the P word a few months, a yeah. month or so ago. So he, his wife didn't talk to him for like a good three or four days, and so <laughs> I understand why. But this is what she said. I'm not going to quote it. I'm going to paraphrase. Yes. But I'd be damned if it's not a very close paraphrase. She said, <laughs> "You, can, this is where we are now. 
you can buy sex toys and butt plugs at CVS and Target. Yeah. We're just going to let that her, hang maybe, in the air for a second. Goes, I don't know. I mean, look, it, it's been a while since I've been in a CVS, so I'll set that one aside. But when I saw that tweet, I had just gone to Target the day before to do some Christmas shopping. I was all over that store. Now, now admittedly, I was not looking for those particular items. <laughs> I see, well, I didn't see anything. You know, Remotely maybe you're just not as creative as she is, Buzz. That's, well, that could be. It could be. I mean, it could be that you're just not as creative as she is. I Because yeah. if you're creative enough, almost anything could be one of those two things. <laughs> if you're creative enough. That, well, that is true. <laughs> so that maybe is true. she's maybe she sees sex toys and things that aren't meant to be sex toys. That's what I'm taking from this. But well, why? Are, good. Buzz, could be. hang on. Time out. Time out, time out. <laughs> you ever feel like you're actually living the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> yes. Because we just talked about a, a congresswoman from Georgia talking about butt plugs. <laughs> That's what we just did. Now, I feel, I've got, I, I feel dirty. I've got a story about that, Scott, if you want to hear it. And this, I do. This may cause people to drive into the ditch again like I did before. So just a con- content, it's a warning <laughs> right here, okay? A few right, years back, right. I was on, I was I, I was assigned to a study committee led by then State Representative Brooks Coleman, who was the chair of the Education Committee. And this was looking at education policy in Georgia and, and uh, Common Core, okay? So we, we, were around, we went around the state, we held hearings, people came up and gave us their thoughts on QBE and not QBE, I'm sorry, on Common Core and the you know standards and the Georgia performance standards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The first meeting, okay, it was this sweet little lady in her 70s who came up and testified and she had a document that she had wanted us all to have and it, she handed it to each one of us. And we're kind of leafing through this, and she starts giving her presentation, and she says, there are classes in schools in Georgia and all over this country that teach you how to use those devices, teach kids how to use those devices. And she's just blurted out the words, similar to Marjorie Taylor Greene there. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of leafing through this, and I look out in the audience, and I see you know, some friends sitting out there who are just like falling out of their chair laughing Try not to laugh out loud at this 72-year-old lady reading these words. And she, this, God bless her, she was absolutely convinced that that was what was happening in elementary schools all across the state of Georgia as a result of Common Core. And she came back at a later one and tried to testify again because obviously we didn't get the message the first time. And we, you know, the chair thanked her for her for her kind concern for the, for the kids of the state of Georgia and Told her unless she had some new information that we really didn't need to hear, we needed to let other people testify, and we didn't have to hear that again. If, but <laughs> look, if if no one else was going to lead the fight to protect children from sex toys, that woman was. was. She was going to stand in the gap. Yeah. So, and now that man somebody's got to do it. Upon Marjorie Taylor Greene to get them out of the Target and the CVSs. I mean, what's she doing at CVS? Is she rolling up the... Never mind. Never mind. I've taken that to a place I don't want to explore. <laughs> We're going to move on. <clears throat> because last time Buzz got in trouble talking about Stacey Abrams. We're going to talk about Stacey Abrams. 
Yeah. That's our segue. Stacey Abrams went on Good Morning America today, Buzz. Did you hear what she said? I did not. She said, I might run again. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Why not? Why not? Just, <laughs> I mean, I'm how really many glad times I met O'Rourke run? Yeah, she's got to catch up to him. She claimed, she claimed that she helped Raphael Warnock win. And that she was really proud mm-hmm. of that accomplishment. Okay. There was but that, that big, long tweet storm from her campaign manager. I always forget her name. Lauren? Grow. Gro- it's hyphenated name. Yeah, I forget yeah, her name, too. I'm but she sorry, had like a 58 tweet. Just, yeah. Yeah. We just don't know who right you now. are that, because you're not Stacey tweet. Abrams. Yeah, that 50, 52 tweet tweet storm about how none of this was. It was everybody else's fault but Stacey Abrams. And, and what, what struck me, and this is what I retweeted, was that... The conventional wisdom when Abrams got into the race back in earlier this year, the beginning of this year, was that Brian Kemp was toast. He, if if he was lucky enough to survive the the incredible challenge from David Perdue, that whatever was left of him that wasn't chewed up by Trump and Perdue was going to just get smashed by Stacey Abrams, who was going to cakewalk into the in the governor's mansion where you know where she rightfully belonged, and she ran a horrible race. She was a terrible candidate, misstep after misstep, and she lost. And and now we're seeing her and you know not taking ownership of that, you know, not you know maybe maybe she does internally, but she sure you know that there were there were numerous people who have said she she thought that she could run a campaign in 2022 just like she did 4 years earlier in 2018 and that no changes were necessary, but Forgetting that Brian Kemp had a darn good record of governor of governing, and that, yeah, she absolutely needed to run a different kind of campaign if she was going to beat him, and she didn't, and she lost. So yeah, she definitely you know, she ran to run the again. left of her previous campaign. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's tough for politicians to give up their desire to be in office, and so I'm not surprised. And you know, I think these this tweet storm and other things that have been written are trying to re- restore her image but i i don't i don't know if it's going to work well this is my challenge to the listeners <clears throat> i want to compile a list of people who should never run for office again right <laughs> that that put mine were either put recent... my name at the top of that list <laughs> <laughs> well after we our rant about instant runoff voting here earlier we might we might have some people nominate us but i want the <laughs> listeners to come forward with your with your list of people who you think should never run again and here are the conditions they either must have recently retired or were on the ballot in this last election cycle in georgia so they can be heading off into the sunset or under their own terms or they won or lost an election as a candidate in this last election cycle. I want you to tell me who should never run again, because at the top of my list is Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. Now I have some Republicans on my list too, but Stacey Abrams is on my list. She should never run for another office ever. She, she has tried to define and then redefine herself in a way that I think is outside of the the values of every average average Georgian. I don't think very many people think like her at all. I think they didn't like the alternative and they voted for her. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that they look at Stacey Abrams and say, 
the Stacey Abrams I voted for five, four years ago and the Stacey Abrams I voted for this time around are the same person. They're not. She completely changed. She's gone, you know, yep. this, these words radical and leftists are used too much to have any meaning anymore. But if they do have meaning, I think they apply to her. Yep. So, hey, an example I'll give you here of, of not taking ownership and a, and a contrast with that. I, as many of y'all know, I helped the campaign of Marco Rubio for president back in 2016 here in the state of Georgia. And of course he lost, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember not long after, you know, a week or two after he dropped out, they had a conference call with all of us across the country who had been in leadership positions around the country. And Marco gets on there and says, this was my fault as a candidate. I wasn't up to the task as a candidate. He listed a couple of things that seemed like good ideas at the time that didn't work out. And he took full ownership and full responsibility for his campaign and his loss. And that, yeah, my respect for him rose because you just don't hear that in politics, right, Scott? I mean, you just don't hear people stand up accountability? and say, yeah, accountability is nah. my fault. It doesn't happen yeah. in politics. I goofed. And we're, we're right. seeing that with Abrams for sure. Well, Buzz, that's all the time we have for the topic. So I'm going to switch over and thank our Patreons real fast. Yeah. Our, our Patreons this is getting are now. a growing yeah, a growing list of supporters who have decided to contribute. And we are extraordinarily grateful to them. They There are tiers. You can sign up at patreon.com slash peachpundit. If you go over there, you'll find the $5, which gets you the shout out. You'll be added to the list of people we're going to thank right now. And then there are tiers that go up from there. We have a couple of folks who are watching us live, Andrew Smith and somebody who has chosen to remain anonymous who goes by Brent Key's short sleeve hoodie. Is why are they are both watching us live? Yeah, they're both watching go us Brent live. Key. They get that they get that they get that link sent to them when we when we record so they can come and watch live. They get the unedited, unfiltered, sometimes foul mouthed <laughs> version of the podcast, the unedited. But it, even at the $5 level, you get this shout-out, which we want to thank. Ari Schaefer, Ronald Daniels, Mike Buchert, Andrew Smith, our anonymous donor, Andy Allen, Bo Brannon, Ryan Graham, Hunter Burnett, John Vestal, Reed Powell, Benjamin Hurst, and Sam Thomas. Thank you all for supporting the podcast. Their contribution yep. makes our life easier because we get software subscriptions and technology that costs money to this actually does cost money to produce and we're out of pocket on a lot of it and, and these folks are helping offset the cost so thank you for helping if you want to join yeah. go to patreon.com slash peach pundit do us another favor click like and subscribe and then send the link to one of your friends and tell them to listen as well and uh, anything else buzz nope resign dance all right how about that resign dansby if yeah, there, there are no more listening. there are no more free agent shortstops uh -uh. and the Phillies just signed Trey Turner to a long term deal. So yes. Dansby's your last shot, Alex. He's your last shot. Or you could trade with the Reds because apparently they've got like six prospects that are number one prospect for any other team playing shortstop. So they have no <laughs> pitching. But if you need a shortstop, go trade with the Reds. I'm sure they'll give you something if you give them a, a bucket of fried chicken and $10. With that, thank you for listening to the Peach Pundit Podcast. We will catch you next week.